This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Piki mai kake mai. I'm Alison Balance and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ. This year is the first time that researchers from the humanities have been eligible for New Zealand's top research honour, the Rutherford Medal. And it's gone to someone whose work is firmly anchored in the arts but who finds many connections with science. Brian Boyd from the University of Auckland has been described by the New York Times as an academic superstar. He works in the English department, and his broad range of work spans Shakespeare to Zeus, Nabokov to Popper, and even comics. I caught up with him on Skype, and we began by talking about his early research into the Russian-American writer Nabokov, who is most well-known for his novel Lolita and for his love of butterflies. My first concentration was on Nabokov. I, I wrote an essay on him in my first year at university. Um, he wasn't on the course, but we were allowed to do whatever we liked, and I'd already got very excited by Nabokov then. So I wrote an essay then that I tried to prepare for publication. I wrote an MA thesis on him, thought that was Nabokov out of my system, and started a PhD at Toronto on something else, but got bored and asked my supervisor, who was much more interested in Nabokov anyway, if I could go back to Nabokov. So I I wrote a PhD on him. His widow saw it and uh, thought it was the best thing written on him, so she invited me to sort out his archives for her. Then I I began working on a biography, and I have, for the last, uh, since about 93, uh, since I finished checking the French translation of the biography, I have tried to work on things other than Nabokov, but I think I have published or edited about another 16 books on him. What is it about his work that excites you and enthuses you so much? Many people think that he's the greatest writer of the 20th century, and and I do too, although I published my first work on, on Joyce. As Martin Amos says, probably Ulysses is the greatest novel of the 20th century, but Nabokov is the greatest writer in that he has such a wide range of masterpieces. And I think what is unique for for me in Nabokov is that he tries to provide the reader with the same excitement of discovery that he felt um, in his work as a scientist. He was a, a world-class lepidopterist, a specialist in butterflies and moths. And uh, he just, he, sometimes he, w- he would work 14 hours a day at the microscope uh, and would, would write to friends just what, what things I'm discovering. And he tried to provide that for his readers. It's, it's a, you can read and discover new levels in each work 
and keep on discovering them. I mean, there's one work of his, the one I, in fact, wrote my PhD on. Uh, I'm still discovering new things in it after, I don't know, 100 readings and <laughs> massive research on practically every line. It's something I can't, I don't, I don't feel in any other writer um, to the same extent. Maybe maybe Shakespeare uh, is has the same element of inexhaustibility and Joyce sitting uh, uh, his wake is just too complex and <laughs> boring for me, frankly. But Ulysses has, has some of that, but not the same uh, deliberate hiding of things under the reader's nose that if you suddenly make a connection between one part of the, the work and another – suddenly explodes in meanings that, that generates further consequences on, on other pages. So you're obviously completely inspired by the beauty and depth of his writing. Do you share anything of his passion for the beauty of moths and butterflies? Just a very amateur interest, no. I, I, I have edited his writings on butterflies and I've worked with uh, lepidopterists in his area. And one of the fun parts of that was as, as people were rediscovering his work in the late 80s and realising how groundbreaking his work on South American butterflies was. They were discovering new species with new methods of, of catching. And Nabokov had never been to South America, but he did a major reclassification of butterflies in the Lycenidae. And one of the, the people who was most interested in, in this and was discovering lots of new species was, was trying to get Nabokovian names for the new species to, to honour the the groundbreaking work Nabokov had done. So that was fun, <laughs> devising the, the right Nabokovian name for a particular new butterfly. <laughs> Another person you've been very interested in is Karl Popper. I might have to get you to explain who Popper is. For some people, certainly at the end of his life, he was widely recognised, and he died in '94 as the foremost philosopher of the 20th century. He's not nearly as well known as, say, Russell or Wittgenstein, but uh, there are people who have worked on all three who think that Popper is much more fertile in his ideas. He's got two main claims to fame. One is his book, The Open Society and Its Enemies, which is a, a critique of totalitarianism uh, and of the intellectual foundations of totalitarianism, going back for, to Plato and all the way to, to Marx. He wrote that while he was in New Zealand. He arrived in New Zealand in, at the beginning of 1937. He'd been raised as a Christian but from, from Jewish stock, and he knew that by Hitler's standards he was, he was a Jew. Uh, so he tried to escape Austria as soon as he could and was here until the end of 1945. And uh, he wrote The Open Society and Its Enemies as his war, war work, he said, as, as a contribution to the war effort. The historian Michael King calls it perhaps the most important book ever to come out of New Zealand, and I think I would agree. It uh, it inspired people who helped bring the, the Berlin Wall down. It inspired people who were marching in Tiananmen Square when, when the massacre there happened. He, he inspired George Soros, who had been one of his students, uh, to set up the Open Society Foundation to promote freedom and democracy and education in places where it was most ne needed. And now, of course, he's doing it in the US because it's so desperately needed there and he's become one of the bugbears of the American right. That's one strand of Popper. And the other main strand is as a philosopher of science and an epistemologist, a theoretician of knowledge, the Nobel Prize winning discoverer of ways of countering the immune system's resistance to grafting uh, Peter Medawar called 
Popper, incomparably the greatest philosopher of science who has ever lived. And one of the interesting things about that is the way his reputation has changed so much that by the early 80s, he was regarded partly through, I think, in a way, the skullduggery of some of his former pupils uh, as passé. And uh, many people, many philosophers, in fact, don't read Popper anymore, but they read the critiques of Popper, which actually have nothing to do with what Popper said, except that they, they, they attack positions that Popper himself attacked. They use Popper's own attacks on these positions as if they were attacking Popper's position. But people in, in many other disciplines, especially scientists of all kinds, uh, have been inspired by Popper. And it's, it's amazing, for instance, that Nobel laureates in every every area of, of the sciences, in economics, in peace, and in literature have been inspired by Popper. But I, I still think that he's his reputation is not nearly as high as the quality of the material deserves. So I'm writing a biography that I think uh, be translated into lots of languages. I've, my work has been translated into 20 so far, but I think this will be translated into far more um, and, and will, I hope, re rehabilitate Popper and, and look at the ironies of his uh, changing reputation. But I, I, sh I should say that you know, the award I've got is not for my proper work. The award can only be for material that's already published. So that includes the Nabokov material and the work on I've done on literature, art and evolution. Yes, it's interesting how evolution keeps recurring as a theme in the things that you do. Yes, yes. yes Nabokov was interested in evolution. Popper was very, very interested in it. He was is regarded as one of the founders of evolutionary epistemology. In other words, uh, how, how do we explain what we know in terms of the fact that we are evolved creatures who, who have sense organs and brains that are related to much simpler forms of life. What does that do to our understanding of what we know? And it was partly because of those dual interests in evolution in, in Nabokov and Popper that I really got launched into working on literature and evolution. There were other strands too. I, I started the Popper project in 1996 and uh, got diverted in 99, really, and worked on literature and evolution for another 10 years. And I still do work on that, but it's not. I, I try to focus on Popper all the time, uh, but the, the Nabokov and the literature and, and art and evolution things do get in the way. You put some thought into that idea of, of us as a storytelling species and how our need to tell stories is informed by, in a sense, our evolution and biology as well. Yes. Uh, look at all the, the kinds of ways our minds have evolved to be able to understand events as, and, and put them into narrative form. And also the way understanding one another is so crucial for a, a species that is so highly, so ultra-social, as, as some biologists call it. The better we understand one another, the better we can cooperate and compete with one another. And storytelling offers uh, a way of of understanding others better, not not only the experience that you've encountered directly that you've been able to observe and analyse, but reports of others. And that includes both uh, true stories, gossip, say, or history, but also invented stories, fiction, uh, which which is not limited by what, ha what happens to have happened, but 
is interested or can explore the, the, the vast space of the possible and can also organize events in ways to maximize attention and retention. Uh, so it, fiction has, I think we have, we've evolved both to to be compelled to to engage in true, true storytelling and in, in gossip and, and legend and, and history, but also to be engaged in, in fiction. I, I relate fiction to play. And play is something that exists through so many different animal species. Uh, it's a way of trying out things in, in safe spaces that you might need in crisis situations. And our compulsion for narrative as play for fiction is important in helping prepare us for situations we might not have encountered before. Thanks, Brian. Brian Boyd is Distinguished Professor of English at the University of Auckland and winner of New Zealand's top research honour, the 2020 Rutherford Medal. I'm Alison Balance and this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ first went to air on the 5th of November 2020. You can listen again and find photos at our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. We're featuring winners of the 2020 Research Honours this week, so if you are curious to meet some of New Zealand's top researchers, do check those stories out. The website is also where you can sign up for our free email newsletter, which delivers story links directly to your inbox. The subscription link is at the bottom of the webpage. If you're after some new podcasts, do check out the podcast tab at rnz.co.nz. Why not follow us on Facebook and Twitter where we are RNZ Science. Many thanks for your company. Stay safe and catch you next time. Mā te wā.